You are locked on Cougars. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen to the day. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. We preview the NIT quarterfinal showdown of the Cougars versus the Cougars. BYU hosting Washington State tonight at the Marriott Center. We also need to talk about some news that came out yesterday evening. A pretty big injury for BYU football. One of their freshman phenoms has torn an ACL. He's injured his ACL and will be out for the indefinite future. We'll talk about Logan Fano and the impact he will have on BYU's defensive line. And of course, we will catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news as well. So a busy show ahead. Let's waste no more time and get right to it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for March 23rd, 2022. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And more importantly, thank you for joining us right here on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars with the Locked On Cougars podcast. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's start today's show with some bummer news. That is that Logan Fano, the freshman return missionary, a guy who had been turning heads early on in spring ball. He was out due to injury. Kalani Satake commented on it last week and said that if Fano wanted to speak further on the details of his injury, he was welcome to. I was told originally the injury was not feared to be all that bad, and the hope was that he would spend this summer getting back into shape and be able to join the program. Well, that obviously went up in smoke when he announced earlier, I guess not earlier, I earlier today, I'm recording this on Tuesday night, but he he announced Tuesday evening that this, for everyone asking, I've injured my ACL and will be getting surgery soon. Thank you for all the continued love and support. I'll be back ready to go. Logan 2.0 is on the way. Go Cougs. I won't be answering questions at this time. Obviously, that is a raw deal for a young man, as I said, who was absolutely turning heads early on in spring ball. He looked every bit the part of the four-star pass rusher that he was at Timview High School before embarking on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But the good news is, ACL surgeries are not career enders like they were maybe two or three decades ago. Logan Fano, I would expect, will be back and ready to go at some point. And based on how medical technology is gone, it's not out of the realm of possibility he could return to practice as soon as this season. We have seen guys come back within six months. The biggest question mark, and we don't know the details and he's not going to answer them, is was there other damage to the meniscus, to another ligament, all that, the patellar tendon? There was other damage in there that is going to prolong the recovery window. So the biggest deal is the fact that you will not see Logan Fano, in my opinion, lining up for BYU football this fall. And that sucks, plain and simple. That that, that really sucks because... I was excited to see this young man play. What I had seen in spring ball from him and those media observation portions of practice was a kid who was absolutely lights out coming off the edge, absolutely getting after the quarterback, and it looked like he was going to be able to push for playing time right away this season. 
How does this impact BYU's defensive line? Well, I think it impacts them because now you're going to put a lot more pressure on a guy like Tyler Batty once again for the third straight year to be the true pass rush threat that BYU needs him to be off of the edge. Can he do that? Well, he's proven he's been pretty effective through his two seasons so far. He's been a starter for BYU. The hope is he will continue to grow in his role and get better as the season progresses. You're also going to need help from other defensive linemen on this roster. You go down that roster and you look at it and say, okay, Pepe Tanuvasa, who played defensive line last year, has been playing a lot of linebackers so far this year. Could BYU move him back to that edge rusher position where he actually was pretty effective, I thought, in that role and hopefully he can help fill the role that you figured the kid like Logan Fano, you figured would fill. So, I think you look at that. I also think you look at guys like Isaiah Moa, who is obviously another incoming freshman who has made some noise early on in fall camp. He's been a little quieter as he learns the defense and obviously trying to get up to speed. He's just 17 years old. Let's also acknowledge that fact. This is a very young kid and he will obviously need to grow and understand the whole concept of BYU's defense, the scheme, all that before he can be expected to do much. But you're going to need guys to step up and show what they can do along this defensive line. Think of guys like Alema Pelimai. He has done really nothing of note so far in his career at defensive line. Could he emerge? Could a guy like Blake Mangelson take another step forward this year after showing some glimpses during the 2021 season? That's a possibility. I think that the biggest thing now is BYU's defensive line has been dealt a blow that they are going to have to find an answer for. Will it be that they go to more of that four down alignment where you have three defensive tackles for lack of a better term with Tyler Batty or another pass rusher coming off the edge to get after the quarterback? I could see that. And that's been that way that's been one of the things BYU has done lining up in spring ball has been bringing on guys like Gabe Summers, Lorenzo Fawatea figures to be in that mix as what they call that strong end position. For to clarify what that position is, it's a defensive end, but they are 280, 300 pound defensive tackles playing out on the edge. Their goal is to set the edge in the run game and help funnel things to the linebackers and allow a a guy like Tyler Batty on the opposite side, which is called the opposite end position, to get after the quarterback. I don't think you recover from this injury to Logan Fano very easily. I'll be frank about that. I just think that he was a guy that BYU coaches saw in spring ball, were expecting to come in and make an impact. He did exactly that. And as luck would have it, I know that luck is just a fickle thing. He goes out and injures his ACL and have to have surgery on it. And uh, like I said, there could be a chance he can return late this season. But if I'm BYU's coaching staff, you make sure he is 105% before you put him back out there on the field. That is a talent that I don't think you want to squander. And you don't want to force him back onto the field and potentially curtail what could be a great career in a BYU uniform for a short-term gain. Think long-term with this. Think of the kid's future. Make sure that he is fully healthy before you put him back out there. Will BYU suffer as a result of this injury? No doubt. The defensive line is going to be worse off for having lost uh, Logan Fano from this defensive unit, but you have to have faith that the continued progression of the young guys along that defensive line for BYU will be able to help overcome some of the things that you were hoping to get from Logan Fano this season. I don't think Logan Fano was going to start for BYU. I don't think it was out of the realm of possibility. But at the same time, he looked very much like a lock for the two deep. A guy who was going to be playing on Saturdays when BYU was out there. So, man, 
it's just a raw deal. Because think about this, and this is another point about this, is think about some of the elite pass rushers BYU has brought in in the recent past. Think of guys like uh, Longi Tuifua, had a career-ending neck injury, now a pretty accomplished actor in his own right. So he's, he's done some good things in his life, but he was an, a highly accomplished pass rusher out of Bingham High School. Ha- suffers a career-ending neck injury. Never really does much for BYU football. Then you also have a guy like uh, Kate Albright, who's dealing with some back issues, and we don't know if he'll ever get on the field for BYU in any way, shape, or form. You can go back through the history of BYU football in the past decade or so, and it seems like four-star pass rushers or three-star pass rushers, guys you expect to come in and be the guy who can get after the quarterback and sack them. Outside of Tyler Batty, it has been a really, really crappy run of guys coming in with all kinds of hype. The hopes are pinned that they can be the guy that helps BYU's pass rush move to the next level, and then they suffer an injury like the one Logan Fano suffered. It, it sucks. It's just one of those things that makes you think, man, what in the world did BYU do to the football gods to get this raw deal? The good news is, at some point, you will see Logan Fano back on the field for BYU, and hopefully Logan 2.0, as he calls himself, will be as good as Logan 1.0 was early on in his BYU career. But all the same, really, really rough news to have come out yesterday evening. All right, coming up here in just a moment, let's talk a little BYU basketball. The Cougars are playing for an opportunity to go to Madison Square Garden. That's something we need to talk about. We'll also preview the showdown that they have with Washington State. The Crimson Cougars coming to the Marriott Center. We'll get you ready for that game here in just a moment. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our friends over at Stat Hero. Did you take some upsets last weekend in the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament? I can tell you this much. Mine didn't work out, but guess what? If you want to make some money with regards to your bracket without having to worry about your bracket holding up, check out our friends at Stat Hero. It's a really cool new platform that you're missing out if you're not on already. Stat Hero's NCAA single game pickums are pitting the star players against one another in an amazing hybrid format between daily fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from the handicappers that always seem to have the advantage on you. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads long odds, or funky props to win. Stat Hero is giving you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. They also have other types of games you can play. They actually set out lineups of five players that you get to go and pick a lineup that you just get a hand select to go head-to-head and win some money there, hopefully. It's a really, really cool format, my friends. It's easy. It's the fastest way to get your sports action fixed. And this simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in literally minutes. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. So get to stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match right now. Yes, they're matching dollar for dollar if you use that promo code locked on at stathero.com slash locked on using that promo code locked on once again for that 100% match. But one more time here, stathero.com slash locked on using the promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of Locked On Cougars is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. They are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. I am fond of saying that. Any of you who listen to this podcast know how big of a fan of Built Bar that I am. But more importantly, we just talked about BYU football. You can support BYU football by supporting our friends at Built Bar. You probably knew about this, but they have a name, image, and likeness agreement with all BYU football players that pays them money for being brand ambassadors with the Built brand of companies. Well, if you want to help support BYU football, monetarily support our friends at Built Bar. As I said, they are the best tasting protein bars that you have ever had. The best part is their macros are un 
unsurpassed. 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and most importantly, 17 grams of protein packed into most of these bars. And in many cases, there's more than that in terms of protein packed in there, and the calorie counts are low. It's just an incredible, incredible protein bar. As I said, they're covered 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're absolutely delicious. You will not crave a protein bar until you have a pro- until you have a built bar. Excuse me. I love them. I can't encourage you guys to give them a shot enough. So get to built.com and place your order right now. That's built.com. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Yes, you heard that right. Save some money, but at the same time, support our friends at Built Bar and support BYU football in the process. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk some BYU basketball. Now the Cougars face the Cougars tonight. Speaking of Washington State, they are coming to the Marriott Center for a showdown in the quarterfinals of the NIT. The winner of this game will get to pack their bags and travel to New York City next Tuesday for a chance to play for the NIT championship out there at Madison Square Garden, the most famous arena in the world. I have liked how BYU has embraced this NIT run. I thought that first game against Long Beach State was going to tell us a lot about this team. In the first half of that game, it looked like BYU was going through the motions and they were just playing out the string. Something changed. I'm not sure what was said in the locker room. Maybe a player or two just decided, you know what? It is not time to end our season. And since then, BYU's been very, very good. They face another stiff test tonight because this Washington State team went to SMU this past Sunday and beat a team speaking to the Mustangs, who had not lost in 19 straight games on their home court. That is a place you go to and don't necessarily expect that you're going to walk out with a victory, but the Cougars, speaking of the Crimson Cougars, built up a 19-point halftime lead. They did saw it go away in the second half, but they held on for the victory. Huge win for Kyle Smith, the former USF coach. He is in his third season up there in Pullman as the head coach of Washington State, and this is going to be an important game. Smith, for his time at USF, won a grand total of 2-4 and four against the Cougars, but this is a team that's battle-tested. They've played on the road, something BYU has not done. So the Cougars, speaking of BYU, are going to have to do a great job protecting home court tonight at the Marriott Center. Game time tip-off set for 7 o'clock Mountain Time. It will be televised nationally on ESPN2. It is a big opportunity for this BYU basketball program to continue their season on a positive note. I think the guys like Alex Barcelo and T. John Lucas understand what's at stake here. It's a chance to, I guess... Uh, man, does, is regaining some pride the wrong term? I, I think it's just a way for them to put a cap on a season that overall was disappointing. Not making the NCAA tournament, that was a rough deal for this basketball program, and they understand that. But they want nothing more than to put something together that, to end the season that will leave a good taste in their mouths and also in the mouths of BYU fans. And what can you do that for? Go to Madison Square Garden. Make the NIT semifinals. It's been a hot minute since BYU has been back there to New York City to play in that. I believe it was 2012. Funny enough, Washington State, the last time they went to New York City in the NIT was in 2011. So it's been a hot minute for both of these programs going and playing at Madison Square Garden and making it deep into a tournament uh, tournament of this format. But I think you just at this point, it's the saying I've been saying all along. BYU got some lemons from this season. They're doing their best to make some lemonade out of it. And I can 
cannot encourage them enough to continue playing hard and grinding it here. I, I really like how BYU's been playing. The biggest thing, though, is you have to be wary of the firepower that Washington State brings to the table. Their backcourt tandem of Michael Flowers and Tyrell Roberts are very, very offensively minded. And funny enough, Trevin Nell was on BYU Sports Nation earlier this week. And he made the comment that Washington State reminds him a lot of USF, the uh, team that Todd Golden had this past season with uh, Bouye as well as Khalil Shabazz, who absolutely tore BYU apart from that guard line. That is going to be very critical for BYU to be able to slow down both, uh, as I mentioned, Tyrell Roberts and Michael Flowers. Flowers is averaging a team-high 14.1 points as well as a team-high 3.4 assists. He is shooting 40% for the season, 37.5% from three-point range. Tyrell Roberts is averaging 11.3 points per game. And they also have two big men in the front court who both stand 6'10". F.A. Ago... Abogidi, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, I'm probably not, and Deshaun Jackson. Abogidi averages 8.1 points and a team-high 5.7 rebounds, also 1.8 blocks per game. So he's a legit shot blocker in the middle of Washington State's defense. This is going to be an interesting matchup for the Cougars, but I think BYU has the advantage. Honestly, I do. BYU's history in the NIT at home is very, very good. I believe they're 13-2 in the past little while. Uh, they actually won like 11 straight before losing that UT Arlington game. If you remember that one, it was in 2017. So this is a big opportunity for BYU to continue this run in the NIT, and I just think you got to go out there, play loose, play fast, and expect that you have the opportunity to put something together here that I think BYU fans would enjoy. I know BYU fans on the East Coast would flock to New York City to watch this BYU team. I'm expecting the biggest crowd of the NIT for BYU tonight. It sounds like tickets in the lower bowl for the Marriott Center have already sold out. There's a limited number still available. You can go to BYUcougars.com or BYUtickets.com and get $15 upper bowl tickets if you want to go out and support the Cougars. But it's a huge, huge opportunity staring at BYU in the face in this one. Now, a couple of notes on the history of Washington State all time. The Cougars and the Cougars have squared off 10 times, and the series is deadlocked at 5-5. The first meeting was back way back in 1946. The last time these two teams squared off in Provo was the first loss for Steve Cleveland as BYU's head coach way back in 1997, November 19th. They, uh, the Crimson Cougars, speaking of Wazoo, crushed BYU that day, 78-49. to It'll be the first game since November 22nd, 2005 for these two programs. That was the first win for Dave Rose as head coach of BYU. They beat the Cougars, speaking of Wazoo, BYU beat Wazoo, 76-68 to in that game. It was his first victory as BYU's head coach. So there's some history with Washington State, but not quite as much as you might imagine with both of these programs being situated here in the western part of the country. But it once again, it's a huge, huge opportunity for the Cougars. Speaking of BYU, I know I'm probably confusing you guys trying to say Cougars and Cougars, but hey, that's what you get when you got Wazoo and BYU squaring off head to head. So looking forward to this one. Once again, 7 o'clock tip off on ESPN2. Gregor Bell, Mark Duran will also be on the call on the BYU Sports Network if you want to tune into the radio call of that game as well. All right, coming up here in just a moment, there is another target, actually two targets that BYU basketball probably should be looking at, I'm guessing are looking at. We have reports they are looking at one of them in the transfer portal. 
this time of year, this is going to get really, really hot and heavy with a bunch of guys being quartered by BYU. We'll talk about the latest options for Mark Pope and company, as well as catching you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news here momentarily. Today's podcast has been brought to you in part by our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of all vehicles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts that you need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while the person behind the counter orders the parts that their computer has on hand, choosing only the brands, by the way, that their warehouse happens to carry? You've got computers with access to rockauto.com at home and also in your pocket, so take advantage. The goal for Rock Auto is to save you both time and money when using their resource. I can tell you this much. I saved myself some money. I had a blinker light go out on my daily driver last week, hopped on rockauto.com, searched out my vehicle, went by year, popped up with the options. I think there were four or five different options for different types of bulbs. I selected one, put the shipping information in. It arrived at my house two days later. It is a seamless process, and I can speak to it because I've done it myself. It's a fantastic resource. It's a family company, company, excuse me, speaking of Rock Auto. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they've got every part you could ever need of brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, in my case, a blinker bulb, and even new carpet, if that's what you need. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for all of your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, before we go on this Wednesday edition of the show, a little bit of a correction. I was looking at the information on BYU and the NIT, and I misspoke. So BYU made last made the NIT semifinals in 2016. So my apologies. They also made that run in 2013. Washington State, though, 2011 was the last time the Crimson Cougars made their run to New York City. So this is the third opportunity in the past 10 years for BYU to make it to Madison Square Garden. I think that BYU, a win in the NIT, winning it all, I think that would actually be considered a fairly successful season considering everything BYU has gone through. Still a long way to go before you accomplish that, speaking of the BYU basketball program, because you got to get through Washington State tonight. you got to get into a matchup uh, potentially with either it's, it's Texas A&M and Wake Forest in the NIT semifinals. Both of those teams were considered guy uh, teams, speaking of uh, – programs on the bubble alongside BYU for the NCAA tournament. Texas A&M, Buzz Williams, he was just absolutely apoplectic about his team not making the NCAA tournament. So still a long way to go for BYU, but take care of business tonight. Punch your ticket to Madison Square Garden and then see where it takes you from that point. All right. Just wanted to clarify that before we wrap things up here. So my apologies for misspeaking a little bit earlier on. All right. A couple other notes before we go on today's show. Let's start off with this. BYU baseball got another big in-state win. They crush UVU 12-5 to in Orem in their UCCU Crosstown Clash. A solid win for the BYU baseball program. They are now 2-0 and against in-state competition and they have not been particularly close. They just absolutely smoked Utah last week and they get this win this week week for BYU baseball. So very, very good things for the BYU baseball program. They will be back in action. They have a huge series this weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Gonzaga, considered the favorite in the West Coast Conference. They come to Miller Park. 
6 o'clock, Thursday first pitch in the first game of that series. Huge, huge opportunity for BYU this weekend as they face off against the Bulldogs in Provo. Alright, other notes for you guys from today's show is BYU Women's Gymnastics. They found out they are in the NCAA Regionals. They are headed to the 2022 Washington Regional. will be taking on three other programs, Alabama, Michigan State, and host Washington in their quad. Cougars ranked number 21 in the country. They are unseated going into this, so it's probably a longer shot that BYU advances to the NCAA championships, but guess what? All you can do is get in and then go show what you can do. Not a good weekend of the MRGC championships last week for BYU, finishing fourth out of four in Boise, but hopefully that'll give them some motivation, have them focused in on this regional this coming weekend. Uh, it takes place, uh, excuse me, March 31st, so that's actually next week, my apologies, 1 o'clock Pacific time, that'll be 2 o'clock Mountain time. That competition, as it once again, will include BYU, number 25 Washington, number 5 Alabama, and number 12, Michigan State. Some very, very stout competition for BYU. They obviously have uh, two quads going on. Uh, Cross-state rival, or I guess in-state rival, Utah, is actually in the other quad participating in Washington. That also includes Oregon State, Illinois, and Stanford, as well as San Jose State competing. That'll be on March 30th, the day before. So congratulations to Guard Young once again advancing to NCAA Regionals, and hopefully they can go, I guess, quote-unquote, shock the world and make the NCAA Championships out of that quad that they're in, that regional they're in, up there in Seattle. All right, a couple of the notes for BYU basketball and the transfer portal. Isaac Johnson, that name probably sounds familiar because he is the younger brother of BYU guard Spencer Johnson. He has entered the NCAA transfer portal from the University of Oregon. I would imagine the BYU's probably already been in touch with him. I don't have any intel on what Spencer Johnson and Isaac Johnson probably are thinking. I would love to see Isaac Johnson playing for BYU. This was a kid when he was at American Fork High School who was a legit four-star talent. He's got the size, the skill to be an impact forward, I feel like, for BYU if he decides he wants to play closer to home. We'll have to wait and see what happens. I would imagine he's going to have no shortage of options considering his high ranking coming out of the high school ranks and obviously big men are at a premium. BYU needs them. We all know that. And I think that BYU is going to do a very, very thorough job trying to find one or two big men in the transfer portal. Guys with extra years, they don't want just grad transfers to come in for one year. They want a guy like Isaac Johnson. Played a freshman year at Oregon. He's got three or four years of eligibility to help BYU build as they go into the Big 12. That is the type of guy BYU is looking at in the transfer portal. As such, according to a report from Jake Weingarten on Twitter, Belmont transfer guard Will Richard has heard from BYU, among other programs like Stanford, Minnesota, Clemson, Colorado State and Ole Miss. Uh, they have reached out to Will Richard. I didn't know much about Will Richard until I looked up his stats, and I get why BYU is going after him. He is a freshman, six foot five, 195 pounds, legit size on the wing. But more importantly, as a true freshman for the Belmont Bruins, I believe they are, yeah, the Belmont Bruins this past season, averaged 12.1 points, shooting 46% from the field, just 32.6% from three, but that's actually a decent number that you can improve on, you feel like, in his career. That's across 33 games played, folks. This kid has got legit talent. I don't know what BYU's chances are of landing this kid. Uh, he did play in the NIT. They lost to Vanderbilt in the first round. He ended up with 22 points in that game in 35 minutes. This kid can absolutely fill it up on the offensive end. I think this would be a fantastic pickup if BYU were able to land Wilt Richard. More importantly, I think that 12.1 points is very impressive. Also averaging six, six rebounds a game as well. So this is a kid who is a legit wing player. Kind of the guy that you would think, okay, 
a guy who can come in, can score off the wing, can shoot, can rebound, can defend on the opposite end. I think this would be a fantastic addition if BYU is able to land Will Richard. But as I said before, kind of the tease earlier on, the transfer portal this time of year, it's going to spin faster and faster and faster. Do I think that BYU is going to be a finalist for Will Richard? I have no way of knowing, but just looking at the statistics, there's a reason why BYU reached out to this young man. I can tell you just because he's a legit wing player, great size at 6'5", 195 pounds, and he's already averaged double-digit points as a true freshman at the Division One level on a team that went 25-8. and eight. This is not a Belmont team that was dog crap. This is a good team. So I think there is some intrigue here, but it sounds like there's some pretty stiff competition for Will Richard. But BYU's proven, Mark Pope has proven, that when he wants a guy, more often than not, that guy's going to listen to the overtures from the BYU basketball program. We'll see. I think the transfer portal is going to be a crazy, crazy time. BYU, I would imagine they're going to make a concerted effort to find backcourt guys, guards who can handle the ball and score, like a Will Richard. But at the same time, they need to find some guys who can man the front court alongside Fuster Triori and Atiki Ali Atiki. I think Isaac Johnson would be a perfect fit in that lineup for BYU, but it's all up to him. Does he want to come play with his brother? Does he want to forge his own path elsewhere? Because he's already done that once. Only time will tell. All right, that is going to do it for this Wednesday edition of the show. Uh, a heads up for you guys. I didn't get to those interviews. I have teed up with both Steve Clark, BYU tight ends, coach as well as running back Miles Davis. We'll get to those tomorrow and Friday, or maybe we'll push them off till next week. I feel like the Logan Fano news kind of preempted that. So stay tuned for those interviews. Of course, we'll have a full recap, whatever happens between Washington State and BYU as well on tomorrow's podcast. We have got you guys covered on every front when it comes to the BYU. BYU Cougars. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. Thank you for making us your first listen. Now go make our friends over at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast your second listen of the day. They are bringing the draft to life every single day. All the prospects, the high notes, the low notes for them, how NFL front offices perceive this draft. It is a really, really cool resource, so check it out. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Until tomorrow, have a great rest of your day. Once again, this has been the Locked On Cougars Podcast for March 23rd, 2022. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow.